morning and welcome to worship on this third Sunday after Epiphany. Welcome to those of you joining us through our YouTube channel, through our podcast, or through the radio broadcast. However you have found your way to us this morning, we are glad to have you joining us for this time of worship. Today we are excited to be able to welcome Jean Enyart as our guest musician. She will be sharing some special music with us a little later on in the service. Thank you, Jean, for your willingness to share your gift of music with us here at OSL today. I remind you that there is a bulletin available for this service on our website at oslme.com. You can download that so that you can follow and sing along with our worship service today. In preparation for worship, I invite you to light a candle and to gather some bread and some wine or juice to celebrate Holy Communion just a little bit later in our worship service and forgiveness for us. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose voice is upon the waters, whose mercy is poured out upon all people, whose goodness cascades over all creation. Amen. Let us pray as we confess our sin, trusting in the abundant grace of God. Holy God, you search us and know us, you are acquainted with all our ways. We confess that our hearts are burdened by sin, our own sins and the broken systems that bind us. We turn inward, failing to follow your outward way of love. We distrust those who are not like us. We exploit the earth and its resources and fail to consider generations to come. Forgive us, gracious God for all we have done and left undone. Even before the words are on our tongues, you know them. Receive them in your divine mercy. How vast is God's grace through the power and promise of Christ Jesus. Our sins are washed away and we are claimed as God's own beloved. Indeed, we are forgiven. In the wake of God's forgiveness, we are called to be the beloved community, living out Christ's justice and the Spirit's reconciling peace. Amen. We sing together our gathering hymn, You Are Holy, number 525.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by grace alone you call us and accept us in your service. Strengthen us by your Spirit and make us worthy of your call. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. At this time, we join Denise Vick, our Director of Children and Family Ministry, for a children's message. Good morning. Today is the third Sunday in Epiphany, the season of new beginnings and light. Here, I am holding up a picture of a big fish. You're probably thinking, what in the world does a fish have to do with Epiphany? Well, today's Bible story actually tells us more about who God is, but it does have a big fish in it. You'll see fish referenced in many of the stories in the Bible. Today's story shines a light on God and Epiphany and is all about learning more about God. This morning, we hear the story of Jonah, who is a prophet for God, but he was a very reluctant prophet, which means he didn't really want to do what God was asking him to do. Prophets deliver messages for God, and Jonah was given a very important message for the people of Nineveh that he did not want to deliver, and he said no. So now let's hear our story from the World Bible titled, Second Chances. Jonah was a prophet, but he didn't feel like God's messenger. As he crawled up the beach, he felt slimy and smelled like fish. Jonah! God's voice boomed. Go tell the people of Nineveh I'm angry at the way they are living. Jonah groaned. God had asked him to do this before, but Jonah was sure the people would not listen. He tried to run away, but God had him swallowed by a giant fish. The fish spit him out here on the sandy beach where God spoke to him again. Jonah covered his ears, but he could still hear God. Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah brushed off the sticky sand. Running away again wouldn't work. He didn't want to go, but he needed to do what God asked. He dragged himself to Nineveh. Jonah stomped into the city shouting, In 40 days, God will destroy you. There, he did it. Now God would leave him alone. But the people in Nineveh surprised Jonah. They listened to God's message. We are sorry. They prayed to God, give us another chance. We will change the way we're living. God saw what they did, and God did not destroy Nineveh. Well, Jonah was a very reluctant prophet, wasn't he? God gave him ex explicit instructions, and he did not want to obey them. But this story starts really halfway through the book of Jonah. Before this, in the beginning of the book, God had given Jonah a specific message to go to Nineveh and let them know that their wickedness had been seen and noticed by God. And Jonah does not want to go and tell them this message. He does not think they deserve it, right? So he decides to run away. He pays for a trip aboard a boat to Tarsus and he sets sail. Tarsus 
is the opposite direction of Nineveh. It would be like God telling you, you need to go to the upper peninsula of Michigan and you get on a bus and you head to Illinois, right? Completely in the opposite direction. He went totally away from Nineveh, right? But God saw that he was running away. God saw that he was on that boat. And while he was there, a large storm appeared over the boat and just started bouncing the boat and almost capsizing them. And everyone on board, they were, all the men were praying for, for safety and that the storm, you know, please keep them safe in this passage. What did we do? And all along, Jonah knew that it was because of him that this boat was being tossed in the water and the storm was getting worse. And he begged them, please throw me overboard. And the men on the boat reluctantly themselves, they threw him overboard and the storm ceased. It stopped. And Jonah is now down in the water and God came and provided a large fish, swallowed up Jonah and took him down into that dark, dark ocean where he spent three days in darkness inside the belly of this big fish praying to God if pray please Lord if you save me from this I will go to Nineveh I will obey you I will be your obedient prophet please save me from this and God heard him and the fish after three days spit him out in the sand in Nineveh where he finally had agreed to go and convey the message. He was still grumpy, but God had given Jonah a second chance to make a good decision. And he did. And he went to Nineveh and he told them in 40 days, if you don't change your ways, God is going to destroy you. And guess what? Those people listened to the message and they changed their ways and God gave them all a second chance and he didn't destroy them. Now, I'm sure that you have been told to do things in your lives that you didn't want to do. Maybe your parents or your teachers told you to pick something up or clean something up and you just simply refused. Well, was refusing helpful? Did you think that they told you to do that because they didn't like you? Well, of course not. They, they did it because they love you, right? God placed rules in our lives because he loves us. Just like your parents and your teachers put rules in place because they love you. Imagine if there were no rules. It would be truly utter chaos, right? It's not that you can't do almost anything you want to do, but there are consequences, right? I can drive my car as fast as I want, right? I can but there are rules in place so that I am not a hazard on the road. I need to drive the speed limit and obey the traffic, traffic signs or there's consequences. Rules and laws are put in place because we are loved. Our parents give us rules and boundaries because they love us. But if we disobey, we are often given second chances to obey, right? Sometimes when a police officer pulls you over for going over the speed limit, he gives you something called a warning. And that basically is a second chance to, for you to make a better decision about driving within the speed limits. Or if we refuse to obey our parents, often we're told to go and think about that choice. 
we are to think about how important and why it is so important for us to obey our parents, that it is because they love us that they ask us to do these things. So we often get second chances to make the right decision. God is always giving us second chances to make better decisions. He is a loving and faithful and forgiving God as he was with those people in Nineveh. Instead of destroying them in 40 days, he gave them a second chance to make better choices, to stop sinning and to be better Christians. And they did. They obeyed his laws and they were rewarded. So the season of Epiphany is filled with call stories, people being called to do things from the reluctant Jonah to uh, Jesus's disciples to the early Christians. All the stories are different, but they all have a common theme. And that is God calls us humans to work with God, right? To obey him, to show God's mercy and love to others. So let's end this time in prayer. Dear God, thank you for blessing each one of us with rules to obey. Turn our hearts to you, Lord, and make us your obedient servants. We pray that you'll always be there to give us second chances and to make good decisions. It is in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. Our first reading this morning comes from Jonah. The Book of Jonah is a comedy starring a reluctant prophet who is given a one-sentence message. Nineveh will be destroyed in 40 days. Much to Jonah's dismay, the people of Nineveh repent. The point of the story is to get the reader to wrestle with the question, on whom should God have mercy? A reading from Jonah, chapter 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days' walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed God's mind about the calamity that God had said God would bring upon them, and God did not do it. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. We sing together our gospel acclamation. gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. 
As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today, I want to begin my sermon with some very deep and profound words from a rather famous cartoon prophet of sorts, the fictional character Homer Simpson, who once said, Well, I may not know much about God, but I have to say we built a pretty nice cage for him. Aside from the masculine language, it's a rather astute commentary on our tendency with religion to define God in rather small and exclusive terms. Although with that understanding, the masculine language actually only accentuates the point. Repent and believe in the good news of the kingdom. That's what a slightly more reliable prophet once said, as we heard in our gospel today. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. It's Jesus, of course, who proclaims these words at the very beginning of Mark's account, the message that John the Baptist, too, has proclaimed. Repent and believe in the good news of the kingdom. In a way, Homer is not far off. Repent and believe in the good news. No more cages for God. And while we're at it, no more cages for us either. Here's the thing. From the beginning to the end, Jesus' ministry, especially in Mark's gospel account, seems to shake up our religious etch-a-sketch, as I suggested in my sermon two weeks ago. What I mean by that is, to refresh your memory, all of those lines that we draw between us and God, and us and others, between others and God, all the cages we construct through our small-minded religion, well, Jesus shakes them up, and with him, they disappear. In a way, Jesus begins his public ministry by saying, forget what you thought you knew about God, because God is near in a whole new way. Repent and believe in the good news of the kingdom. Repent, metanoia in Greek. Go beyond the mind that you have. Turn in a whole new direction to a new way of thinking. Repent and believe the good news of the kingdom. This is how Jesus' public ministry begins. And then he goes on what is like the weirdest recruiting trip ever. He starts by gathering up some smelly fishermen, not trained professionals or temple junkies, but fishermen. And Jesus' dream team ends up including all sorts of unseemly folks, from tax collectors to demon-released women to skeptics to slow learners. The odds and ends of society become his inner circle. I just, I love that. I love the characters we meet in the Bible. 
There is no question. They are clay jars, as Paul would say. No fine china here. They are clay jars, imperfect, fallible, yet formed to bear the goodness of God, to bear the treasure of God to the world. We see it again and again in Jesus' ministry, how he literally touches the untouchable and gives them a whole new identity. And all the boundaries he transgresses, all the lines he crosses, all the religious ideas he challenges end up allowing the most unlikely and broken people to give to the world what they have received. All around Jesus, the cages of culture and religion fall away and the world according to God bursts through. God's desire for the wholeness and healing of all creation was inaugurated in a world-changing way in the life of Jesus. And it continues through us, through those who are named and claimed in the waters of baptism, those who are fed at God's table. Our hands become the hands that God uses to love and serve and heal our world. When Jesus says to those first smelly fishermen disciples, I will make you fish for people. He could have just as easily said to farmers, follow me and you will feed God's people. Or to carpenters, follow me and you will build the kingdom of heaven. Or to doctors, follow me and you will heal the brokenness of the world. To teachers, follow me and you will open minds and hearts to wonder and curiosity of creation. To musicians, follow me and you will help others sing the music of faith in their lives. To parents, Follow me and you will nurture new life to public servants, to those who hold office and serve on boards and in our government. Follow me and you will support the common good and strive for justice. Whatever your life calling is, there is in your life Jesus' call to follow. Follow me is the call to participate with God in God's saving work to commit to change and grow, to move toward a larger vision, to be willing to be wrong and learn from that too, to let God connect your little story of life and faith to God's much larger story. Just by merit of watching this worship service, you have been enlisted into this beautiful redemptive story of God's love for all of humanity Along with smelly fishermen and all the rest of Jesus' dream team, God wants you and me and us together to be healed for the sake of our own wholeness, but also because there's a whole lot of healing that needs to be done out there in our world. We don't have to look far to see brokenness and injustice. This past year in our country, in our world, we have been devastated by COVID. We have better recognized collectively that institutional racism and inequality are woven into the very fabric of our nation. We have watched violence unfold at the foot of our capital, threatening our democracy, and we have witnessed for too long political rhetoric that has emboldened such violence and hate and has perpetuated lies and distrust of facts, science, our electoral process, we don't have to look far to see brokenness and injustice. As Jesus proclaims, 
we are called to repent and to rethink the cages we've created or been trapped in. We are called to shake the etch-a-sketch of the lines we've drawn, our boundaries of silence, of fear, our boundaries of prejudice or self-justification. As Pastor Sarah named in our sermon last week, we need to speak more boldly as theologians of the cross in naming evil in our world, evil especially as it manifests in systemic forms of racism, sexism, xenophobia, homophobia, oppression, intolerance, greed, misused power. As I am recording this, we are a day away from the inauguration of a new president. And my hopes are high that we will, as a nation, really dig into the hard work of healing, physically with an expansion of vaccines, mentally with a renewed sense of less partisan and more collaborative government, both nationally and collectively. Even local governments have grown to be so deeply entrenched in partisan politics, we have to work to correct it. My hopes are high that we will dig into the hard work of healing the deep wounds of systemic racism, addressing our history honestly, owning our part in the work of healing. My hopes are high for us, dear sisters and brothers, because God in Christ is shining light to lead the way. God in Christ is shining light for us to see, for us to be honest, for us to be humble and yet bold, for us to repent, to rethink the cages we've made or been trapped in, and to believe in the good news, the good news for you, for me, for us, for all, in the name of Christ. Amen. We sing together our hymn of the day, You Have Come Down to the Lakeshore, number 817.
guided by Christ, made known to the nations. Let us offer our prayers for the church, the world, and all in need. After each petition, we sing, Lord, listen to your children praying. God of justice, we pray for the church throughout the world, for pastors and teachers, for deacons and deaconesses, and for musicians and servers that all proclaim the good news of your reconciling love. God of creation, we pray for the skies and seas, for birds and fish, for favorable weather and clean water, and for the well-being of all that you have made. Raise up advocates and scientists to lead us and guide us in our care for all the earth. We pray to the Lord. around the world, in our own cities, and especially in our national capital this week. Thank you for a peaceful transition of power during the inauguration. Keep safe our government leaders, our public servants, and bestow upon them wisdom, compassion, courage, and a thirst for justice as they strive for our common good. We pray for nonprofit and non-governmental organizations, for planning commissions and homeless advocates, that they might inspire us all in the just use of our wealth, power, and influence. We pray to the Lord. We pray to the Lord. 
of the living and the dead. We give you thanks for our ancestors in the faith whose lives serve as an example of gospel living. As we remember today, Levi Joy Teagarden, may their witness ever point us to salvation through Christ our Lord. Merciful God, hear the prayers of your people spoken or silent for the sake of the one who dwells among us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray to the Lord. of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. We send our greetings of peace to you. We invite you to share a sign of peace with those that you are gathered with as we greet one another here. Peace. Thank you for your continued generosity and for all of the ways that you have supported the work of helping those who are in need in our community, and especially for the ways that you have helped to support the ongoing ministry here at Our Savior's Lutheran Church. Your support is vital as we continue to listen and follow that call of Jesus. We welcome your offerings to OSL and to our shared ministry. You are invited to send your offering to our church office, or to use the online giving option, which you can find on our website at oslme.com. If you have not yet already done so, I invite you now to go and gather some bread and some wine or juice as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion together. We sing our offertory, Let the Vineyards Be Fruitful. Let us pray. O oh God, receive these gifts as you receive us, like a mother receives her child with arms open wide. Nourish us anew in your tender care and empower us in faithful service to tend to others with this same love 
Through Jesus Christ, our saving grace. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one, by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Christ is present in this meal today. Christ is present for us, in us, and through us. We are fed in this meal that we might be sent out to feed and heal our world. Receive this fullness of Christ now. The body of Christ is given for you. The blood of Christ is shed for you. As you celebrate Holy Communion and receive these gifts this morning, we welcome the gift um, that Jean Enyart offers in special music. This morning she sings for us, Give Me Jesus.
The body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Christ Jesus, at this table we have feasted on your very life and are strengthened for our journey. Send us forth from this banquet nourished in body and in spirit to proclaim your good news and to serve others in your name. Amen. As you go now into the rest of this Sabbath day, which God has created for you, receive this blessing. God, the creator, strengthen you. Jesus, the beloved, fill you. And the Holy Spirit, the comforter, keep you in peace. Amen. I want to take a moment now to share some announcements with you, the ministers of OSL. The first is a reminder and an invitation that Matins continues on Wednesday morning via Zoom. If you are interested in joining us, just send me an email and I'll make sure to send you the link. Pastor Heather will be hosting a virtual information meeting about a summer backpacking trip that will take place in July. The meeting is this, uh, no, not this Sunday, next Sunday, January 31st at 9.45 a.m. The backpack trip is for both adults and high school youth and will take place July 9th through July 17th, and they will be headed to Christicon, which is an ELCA camp in Montana. If you didn't receive the church email invitation to attend that meeting, you are welcome to contact Pastor Heather for a link or for more information. Her email is heather at oslme.com. I also want to let you know that we have scheduled our annual meeting. It will take place virtually on February 14th at 9.45 a.m. Annual reports will be mailed to you in the week prior to our virtual meeting, as well as a link to the Zoom meeting so that you can join and participate. There will also be an option to call in by phone if we hope that you will be able to join us. A reminder to our youth and family that our Stuff the Mailbox project continues. If you have artwork, you can drop that off. If you need more information, contact Denise Fick. Finally, I remind you that if you have any prayer concerns or requests, or if you wish to speak with one of our staff, we are here for you during this time. You can find all of our contact information on our website at oslme.com. We sing now together our sending hymn, I Love to Tell the Story, number 661.
Go in peace, be the light of Christ. Thanks be to God.